Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of Chasing the Squirrels podcast. This particular episode is going to go in a slightly different direction than my first 10, in that, um, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of getting a little nostalgic. I'm, I'm thinking about the, my origin story to this podcast, and for those of you that I've talked to on the podcast, I've, I've mentioned how I came to the title of Chasing Squirrels, and I haven't really talked much about, with any of my guests, I haven't talked much about how I got to the idea of doing a podcast in the first place. So, back in uh, 2015, I was at a conference, and George Koros was there talking about the necessity of digital portfolios and at the time the this was a conference for student learning and at the time it was kind of angling his presentation was kind of angling towards the importance of students having a positive and long-lasting digital footprint something that they could look back on as a learning portfolio something that could be uh, used for, let's say, future reflection, something that could be used as artifactual evidence of learning, and of course, as the student transitions to high school and then maybe into the workplace, this could also be kind of cool conversation starters for any potential interview they might have. George also spoke of the importance of teacher reflection and that by blogging, you not only deepen your own understanding of your pedagogy, but you're also, if you if you openly and willingly share it with your learning network, then you get you get more than you, you gives, so to speak. So being able to network and connect with other instructors, like-minded and dissonant, can help you really develop your craft. And then you've got you know something that's a lot bigger than the staff circle that you have at your home school. So I took that I took that in, and I for a while tried to consider what my version of this would be. I floated through paper copy. I floated through using gaps to write down my thoughts. I had audio clips that I was recording on my iPhone. I would capture pictures and short videos, and I had all these little snippets, sort of digital scrapbook pieces, but I didn't really figure out what my 1.0 version would be until this past September when I tried my hand at doing vlogging. And the vlogging came out of me seeing one of my digital colleagues. Her name is Jam Gamble. And she she was posting... I think she started, she was doing some periscopes, but she was posting videos, daily reflections, daily celebrations, daily connections, where I thought to myself, that's kind of cool, because it takes into account the image, it takes into account the word, it takes into account the emotion, because you get to see the reflection, and it also chronologizes it in a really simple fashion. There's a date stamp, there's a time stamp, there's the visual cues of where you were, and what you were doing. So I tried my hand at vlogging. Now these vlogs exist on my YouTube channel and I have about 15 of them. So in order to work through the backstory to Chasing Squirrels, 
and the backstory to getting to the podcast, I thought I would post the vlog entries here. So here they are. And here we are at the backstory to Chasing Squirrels, episode 11. Okay, I've made it to the end of a week where everything, everything is brand new. Brand new job, uh, brand new school, um, brand new program, new people. And I'm kind of, you know, thinking like, I gotta switch things up a little bit this year. So I'm gonna try doing a video blog. I've done the typed one and I'll probably still type it. I'll still write things out. But I think, I, I think I'd like to be able to look back with video footage and try and try and use the in the moment capture to reflect, I guess in a completely different way this year. And I really don't know how this is gonna turn out. I know that I'd like to capture the challenges that I encountered in the week. I think I want to capture stuff or ideas that are just rattling around in my head. I think I want to capture, if not projects, but things that I'm working on and do it in a way that feels a little bit more organic. I'll probably still type, I'll still post, still tweet, might even try periscoping some of these to get some feedback. May post it to Google or YouTube. I really don't know. It's a bit of a learning experience. Anyways, many of these posts will be posted on my website, which is an edu blog, uh, Beyond Binders. And I'm just gonna take this, I guess, one experiment at a time. Cool. Talk to you soon. Okay, so it's interesting to listen to that that vlog. It was called Introductions, and it was from early in September of 2016. Um, I'm no longer using EduBlogs as a platform. I've moved over to Blogger. And as far as the new projects go, we're trying to get to different projects. I guess I do I, the podcast I do for myself, Chasing Squirrels, and the podcast that I do with my children are the, uh, the biggest. Also, my association with something called Voice Ed with Stephen Hurley would be one of those other projects. So, yeah, that was the first episode of my vlog. And now, uh, let's check out the next one. Okay, so I'm already seeing the value of doing a video blog, I guess, or a video journal not on a daily basis but I guess while the ideas are stuck in my head so today I had a pretty say a pretty vivid lesson in culture change when you move to a new school nothing drastic but something that I'm gonna have to take into account with uh, what are the next steps in develop, developing the new program that I'm in? So, last week, I uh, had just a brief interaction with a, a staff member that 
was not in my department, but in the same area of the school. And at the time, there was sort of a, a question about whether or not we were going to keep doing something that we, in the department that I'm in, did last year. And I kind of, I guess I put it on pause. I, I really don't remember the emotionality of it. I don't remember if I was curt. I think in my mind I thought it was a conversation, but I needed time to make a decision as to whether or not we were going to do the same thing as last year, or if my current team was going to try something different. Um, since then, uh, we've sort of gone about our business and designed uh, some systems and some things within the department that we think work great for us. And today, another staff member came and retabled the conversation again about the same kind of connectivity to, at least between the departments from last year. Now, I'm still on the fence. I don't know if we're going to use similar sort of systems as we did last year, or if we're going to try and break new ground. Coming into a new department and trying to get new ideas rolling is always a challenge at the, let's say, the best of times. But now I'm also quickly realizing that finding out who the full sort of swath of stakeholders that were a part of the original format is going to be critically important because really I don't want to upset anyone and I don't want to discourage anyone and I definitely don't want anyone to feel hostility towards you know the the staffing change of our department so moving forward I know that I know that I'm gonna have to work a little bit harder to not only shape my vision not only sort of the steps that I want to take with my department even if it feels like our own little island shaping that vision really will have to take into account the perceptions or just the needs of some of the other departments around us and I'm talking about some really simple low-level stuff as far as some of the changes I wanted to make I think maybe that's why I didn't think outward or outside of our own department but uh, today reminded me today reminded me that I'm gonna have to do a better job at either marketing the vision or including more people in the conversation and having you know proactive conversations ahead of system change so that in the least if people disagree or have um, a difference of opinion they have an opportunity that I can build it in so that really I'm moving forward with something that's a little more unified but still kind of reflective of my department yeah I got some more to think about this but it really was a, a sudden eye-opener about the power of changing culture even within the same type of job all right thanks So that was episode two of my vlog that I called Culture. And I've, I've actually gone back to that one, I think, the most out of any of my vlog entries, only because when I arrived in my new position, I, I knew the school and I knew the program and I knew some of the, the 
staff that would be I would be working around. But I think that I underestimated and definitely undervalued, sort of in that in that order, the the well I'll start with the underestimated. I didn't I didn't come in as open mindset as I should have. I think arriving in the new position, I I wanted and needed to in some small way prove that I could do the job and I could transition well. And I know from the responses of some of my colleagues that I probably should have listened more and talked less. And I find that this entry in particular, I go back to time and time again to remind myself of listening slower and paying attention to not only the words and the moments, but paying attention after the fact to the people that I'm building relationships with. And I've mentioned in other other conversations around building a, a, my digital PLN that the people that I've connected with around me are not just a paddock of resources for me to sort of take resources from. I think every person that you make a connection with, you know, in, in life, and obviously in this case, in, in work, they they always have the potential to turn into better, deeper, stronger relationships. So this that entry in particular, that's what that brings me back to every single time. Here's the next episode. Okay, this one definitely falls into the entry or the category, I guess, of reminder for the future. So I was talking with a colleague recently and they're in their last year of teaching before they retire. And I've been in those conversations before with with colleagues and often, often, there's a, of course, it's, it, it's sad. It's sad. You're sort of, you're, you're retiring, you're losing a colleague, you know, is someone that you worked with for a long time. And it's, it's rare that you hear someone that's on the, the cusp of retiring say that this final year of retirement is going to be the showcase year. This individual said, Here's a um, a committee that I never I never went for, but I, I want to give it a try. And here's a team. There are three things. It was a committee that they were going to join that they had never tried before, that they'd always wanted to. They just thought to themselves, you know, a lot of reasons. I, I don't even know why they didn't, but they just said they always wanted to and they never did. There's a team that they're going to try and coach. They always wanted to coach soccer. They've, they've done other sports, but there was something in that... That, that sort of like in their passion that they wanted to coach soccer. And the final thing was they were going to try and get on a regional committee. There's been uh, human rights and an equity council that they, they wanted to be a part of. And they feel like there's, there's things that they want to communicate and collaborate on before they officially take on their retirement. And I just, I, I needed, I needed to do an entry today because I think this is something that really at the core level I need to remember in in future when I'm starting to think about uh, transitioning out of my teaching career and as you transition I, it's just remarkable how this this colleague kind of has reignited reignited my my curiosity about the things that I haven't tried yet and what teams 
have I wanted to play and, and, and coach and work on the mentorship and I just haven't tried it? What are the committees that that I've stood back from and maybe had comments or information I wanted to include and I never did? So yeah, I just, notes to the future. Keep on pushing. Keep on trying for that showcase here. Awesome. I've recently been in quite a few conversations online and in person uh, through also the hashtag oned mentors group through voice ed talking about risk and what risk looks like um, from one angle talking about you know some of the risk that we expect students to be able to try and I, I fully appreciate that and I think I go one step further and look at risk as more of a personal challenge less about less about an expectation of what students should do i actually kind of hold it as a deeper challenge for myself to take risk and in doing so in taking risk whether it's a new lesson a new activity a a, a performance you do in front of your class or if it's a learning experience that somehow doesn't doesn't fit the narrative that we that I tell myself, you know, I'm not that teacher or I've never tried that before. And, I, and, and coming back to that open mindset that when I do believe that when we openly demonstrate risk in front of our students, the first part of it is finding your own brave or bravery to, to get there. But the second part is the students start to see that risk is integral to learning and that in itself, it's an opportunity. It's not an outcome. There's no guaranteed um, good or bad that could come out of it. But instead, I think it comes closer to just a skill set as far as a learning skill or a work habit. And, and definitely it's connected with open mindset as far as I can do these things. I could do these things. And it piques curiosity. And really, I think it's also a rapport and a community building sort of tool. When I, when I think about my retirement, it is still quite a ways off, but I'm already building narratives right now so that I'm almost, I guess I'm inoculating or trying to insulate myself against the possibility of coming to retirement and feeling like I've left chips on the table. I want to play out this, this career, taking as many opportunities to learn as possible and and in some ways leave the career um, feeling empty not of emotion not of of um, thinking about the opportunities that could have been but feeling empty to a degree as in I did everything that I could within my career to keep myself interested to keep myself curious and I believe in doing so keeping connections to students and pace of their learning Well, there you have it. Episode 11 of Chasing Squirrels, a before squirrels reflection piece. More episodes of Chasing Squirrels can be found on iTunes. Please check it out. And of course, if you have anything that you would like to chat about, get in touch with me. I can be found on Twitter at Chris J. Clough. I can also be found on Gmail, Chris J. Clough at Gmail. And I have a blog of the exact same name on blog. 
Hmm, where is it? It's on Blogger. That's where it is. I've just been messing around with it lately. All right, take care. Look forward to sharing with you very, very soon.